0: This is part two of our show about addiction. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and do that first. Otherwise, this won't make much sense. On with the show. Well, here is the problem with that, is this is uh, Tiffany's over ambition. I'm ambitious, what can I say? Baby sips, this week, one thing, five observations. Next week, you can be noted at the table, because the table is gonna be a lot harder. Let's walk you into this. Or maybe not, I mean, because some cigarettes, Cigarettes, you got to quit. You just got to quit and say that piece of my life is over. There's no escape. But Katie, so.
1: that's actually interesting. I know we're going to we're wrapping up here. But just to mention this, and then we can end. I, I think there are different types of I think people have different types of ways of dealing with addiction. If you ever listen to Gretchen Rubin's podcast, she talks about an abstainer versus I don't know what the other one is. But I'm an abstainer as well. If I have to stop doing something, I have to stop doing it 100% because I can't do things just a little bit. I will go over the top. I can't make cupcakes because I will eat them all. Yeah, I won't just eat half a cupcake. I'll eat them all. And I find when I make these huge dramatic decisions, people look at me like, why do you have to like completely give up sugar? Why don't you just cut back? Because I can't just cut back. I have to completely give it up. But I can't give up my phone, as we said. So We'll see. I will report back. Maybe I'll do, for my next bittersweet moment, I'll do a little update. How does that sound?
0: Yes, that sounds fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Well, I'm glad you never started smoking because... Oh, yeah. I would be at four packs a day, like my father was. I think I get this from my father. My father was a 4 pack a dayer. Wow, yeah. Four packs a day. And he gave up cold turkey from one day to
0: the next. Well, you know what? Here's the hard reality about quitting smoking. For those of you who are trying to do it, you have to.
1: You have to do it cold turkey?
0: There's no other way. You have to give it up like that. The patch and all these things that wind you down, you're still addicted to it. Mm -hmm. So you just have to suffer. That is the only thing that ever worked for me. Suffer. Suffer and somehow try to keep it in your mind that it will one day end. And that's why people have trouble getting off heroin and all these other things. It's because you really have to suffer. And it's true suffering so like what your father went through, even if it seemed like slightly easy, it was not easy. It was like pure hell. I'm sure it was. And he, you just have to get through it and know that on the other side, it's going to be better. And that there will one day be a day when you don't even think about it anymore. But it's so hard in the moment to know that. And that's why people smoke their whole lives. Because it's so hard to get through that that period.
1: We don't have time to get into this, but it is fascinating to me to think about like what kind of a person is able to do that like you like my father and other people who can't like what is it is it a personality trait is it what is it about that some people can quit and other people can't I I wonder what that is what that gene is if some people just don't get it
0: Mm, yeah I don't know I mean I think it's the
1: willpower I guess
0: Ugh, you know yeah, it's it's so hard for me to express how difficult it is to anybody who's never been through it. It even makes me feel anxious even talking about it because it was so <laughs> hard and so awful. But I do think it's a decision to not be a, in prison anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's like when you're kind of powering through it and you get to those moments where you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I am mentally fried because it takes so much mental energy to stay in it because it hurts so much. You have to keep being like, it's okay, we're going to get through this. Da, 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 da. And you just are exhausted by it. And so I think you give up in these weaknesses of periods, you know, where you're just, you're just mentally exhausted, or physically, you just feel like you can't take it anymore. Because it gets really, really intense. But I think it's just this realization of I will be like this forever, if I don't keep going. For instance, the feeling that you're going through when you're going through cigarette withdrawals or that your father went through is the same feeling that you feel every day leading up to when you have to have the next cigarette. Right. So if you keep smoking, you have this feeling in little bits every day, Mm. all the time. Interesting. Going through the full on withdrawal is the only way that you're going to get that feeling permanently out of your life. But you have to like mentally keep that in mind. And that's nearly impossible when you're going through it so that's what's so hard wow and you also just have to admit you're going to be sick for a while you might not go out you might not be able to do the things you like to do for a little bit you know and that's going to just be the way it is and it's trying to take a look at what the future is and what you want for your future basically so i don't know maybe the thing is is that you have to have a picture in your mind of what you want your future freedom to look like and hold on to that somehow but yeah, I don't know. It's really, really hard. It's a doing something for the long term, for the long term plan, basically. And suffering in the short term.
1: Yeah, not to um, convince anyone not to give up smoking, but my boss recently gave up. He gave up a year ago. Uh-huh. Now, I will say that he did not smoke that much. He said he only smoked in the evening, like maybe five or six cigarettes, or unless he had like company in which he could smoke a whole pack in one night. Mm-hmm. But he said, and he was really good. He did it cold turkey and, you know, has not looked back. He said, there's been no benefit. He said, the only benefit is that his teeth are whiter. (laughs) How can that be? Because my other boss walked in and this is how they kind of started talking about it. And she quit for a while. Then she unquit. And she's like, I feel better now than when I quit smoking. When I had quit smoking, I felt worse. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I wondered if you as a smoker had any... Thoughts on that? Uh, I think you do feel worse for a period of time. A year out? I don't
0: know. I think that's, he's not actually acknowledging the other things, I don't think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, even the hassle of having to buy them, even the hassle of waiting until that, that six o'clock cigarette, you know it's on his mind. Even if he's only smoking five a day. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it takes a while to actually feel the health benefits. It's not like you quit and all of a sudden you're back to being 20. Because you know? yeah. <laughs> cigarettes do make you feel older. So you could be 20 and feel like you're in your 70s. <laughs> and it's not like you're going to quit and go right back to being like, oh, I'm in my 20s again. <laughs> it takes years to clean out that damage. And some things improve immediately. Like have more energy almost immediately. Your blood pressure returns to normal. I would
1: assume that you have, like, you don't get out of breath.
0: Eventually, but not, not right away. Not, oh. not right away. No, because it takes a while for your lungs to clean themselves out. Something like 10 to 12 years. Are you serious? Of having quit to be back to where your lungs would have been if you hadn't started. Even if you only smoked for a few years? Yeah, like whatever damage. It's basically like you're putting a shellacking of tar. And you know how, <sighs> like, your lungs are full of this these celia things that are like little hairs that clean things out mm-hmm. so those get smacked down oh my gosh pasted down and so it's going to take a while to like get them to fluff back up again and I mean this is me talking as not a medical person so <laughs> all you medical people are like that's not really how it works but this is my <laughs> understanding <laughs> um, but it takes a long time to get along back to what it would have been if you had never smoked and that's the real challenge about these people who say well I only smoke one a day I only smoke two a day is because every day you do that one, you repaste the stuff down. Mm-hmm. Any recovery that happens within that 24 hour period, you get rid of by smoking that one cigarette again.
1: Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I had no idea it took 10 to 12 years to undo that damage.
0: Well, and heart disease too, to reset the heart disease. That comes a little bit faster mm-hmm. than the lung stuff does, but it still takes a long, long time.
1: So I'll tell my uh, the boss who still smokes that she's, uh, she's kidding herself.
0: She knows. <laughs> Trust me, she knows.
1: <laughs> we don't need to hear it from you. <laughs> <laughs> she can feel it every morning, yeah.
0: I feel great sympathy for it because I know how attractive it is, and I also know how awful it is, and it really is... There's a reason why they say that it's one of the most addictive chemicals in the entire world. It really is like nothing. I mean, I've never done meth and I've never done heroin or anything like that. So I don't know how it compares to those kinds of things. But people always say that quitting cigarettes is as hard as quitting heroin. I've heard that too. And I believe it.
1: Yeah. But okay. And I know we're really going off on a tangent here. But since we're talking (laughs) about it, I have heard people say that it only takes three days to get all of the nicotine out of your body basically not be addicted to nicotine anymore the rest what remains is the addiction to the physical gesture or the social act or the mental all of the trappings of it the, like the way, like the kind of addiction you have to a cell phone or to something else that's not chemical yeah i disagree you disagree yes you think the nicotine stays in longer no 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 i know it
0: doesn't so what happens is by day three it craters out right Day three is actually, for those of you who are doing this right now or are about to do it, day three is one of the hardest days to mentally get through because it is where it's gone. But the craving, the addiction to it isn't gone. And it's not like a I, you know, I just wish I had something in my hand. My body runs on nicotine. So the fact that it's bottomed out inside my body means that my craving for it is now 10,000 times ah. because I don't have any of it. To rely on, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: tank is empty. So your body is just like, hello, we're missing a major thing that we run on. You need to figure out how to solve this problem right now. <laughs> You're going to die. Go figure out how to get this thing immediately. And so I would say it's true that it is gone, but the craving for it doesn't go away for ages. Day five is terrible, day seven is terrible. For me, it's like every other day, one sucks, two's okay, three sucks, four's okay, five sucks. And you just have to get past that so your body can be like, okay, I've now proven that I'm not going to die. And then you have to sort of deal with the other stuff, the way it was part of your social life or the way that it made you calm, or the way it gave you a break at work or what, all these other things. But that comes later. You're going to be dealing with the actual physicalness of it for a week, if not two, if not a month. It just depends.
1: Hi there. It's Tiffany. And I'm Katie. We are breaking into the show really quick so I can ask Katie a question. Yes. So since you've worked for public radio for almost two decades, I mean, you're a trained radio professional. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like for you, specifically for you, to listen to podcasts? I mean, podcasting is kind of like the new blogging. Everyone's doing it. Everyone and their uncle, people who probably have no experience. Oh, yeah.
0: Everybody wants to have a podcast right now.
1: <laughs> Everybody wants to have a podcast. What do you make of it?
0: Well, in a way, I really love it because I'm a huge fan of audio as a medium for art. I have loved radio since I was a little, a little, little, little person. So I'm very glad that people are so interested in it. That said, I audition new podcasts every single week. Really? Looking for new things to listen to. And I hear a lot of shows that are making mistakes that could be avoided if the hosts or the producers of those shows knew a little bit more about radio and weren't just trying to dive in and get going at it. If they knew a little bit more about what makes radio work and what makes it not work that sort of thing Hmm. and now
1: people can get that advice directly from you that's right i know so podcast consulting with katie this is just one of many thank you gifts that you'll find at our new patreon page so you can get help with your podcast dreams and support the show that you love at the same time
0: yes visit patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast pledge to financially support this show And you can pick up some podcasting help or some other great prizes if you prefer. Patreon, if you've never heard of it before, is a website that makes it easy for you to support the independent art that you love, like this show.
1: Yes, we we humbly consider ourselves artists and we work really hard to make this show and we hope that it inspires you and that it entertains you. And if it does... We ask you to help support it. Yes. You know that art doesn't occur in a vacuum.
0: It needs people who are patrons of those arts to keep them going. We can't do it without you. Please visit patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast right now and help us keep this show going. That's spelled if you're a terrible speller like me, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast and we'll put a link in
1: the show notes too. Thank you so much, and now back to the show. And how long did it take you to feel like normal, as in you don't even think about it anymore? Um, Or have you gotten to that point? No, no, I'm. I'm, I
0: don't think about it anymore, Uh, except when we talk about it, and then I can feel it. (laughs) (laughs) All of it. Uh, I don't know. I think that varies. For everybody. Yeah, for me, I don't really remember because I quit a lot of times, you know, it took a lot of time. That's why I know like what every day is like. (laughs) Because I went through all those days multiple times. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't know, you just sort of realize one day that you haven't thought about it for a while or, or somebody will say, how long has it been since you quit smoking? Huh, when did I quit? Eventually, that does happen where you're like, I don't know, wait, when what month did I do that?
1: But at the time, you feel like it will never fade away. Yeah, my boss, when I asked him, how long has it been since you quit smoking? He said, one year and 14 days. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It can be a while. And then some people just decide, I'm gonna smoke forever. And that's
1: just the way it's gonna be. Fair enough. Do you know how my dad quit smoking? Mm-mm. Besides, I mean, yes, he did quit some cold turkey. But okay, so my dad was very conservative. Mm -hmm. And he was also very into politics. And he actually ran for Congress once, did not win. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was before I was born. Did he have a slogan? (laughs) I don't know if he had a slogan (laughs) or not. But he definitely had a politician's name, Sam Parks, right? Sam Parks. Oh, yeah. That's great. Real American. It's a great politics name. Yeah. Anyway, point being, he wrote some little blurb in whatever the main newspaper is in Spokane where he spent the first quarter of his life or so.
0: That's in Washington State, for anybody who doesn't know.
1: Yeah, Washington State. He said that he was going to try to quit smoking, and if he failed, he was going to donate a certain amount of money to a political rival of his or anyway someone who was definitely liberal and definitely a major Democrat whom he hated. <laughs> yeah. And he put it out there for the accountability. Like today we would put it on social media. Yeah. But this was back in the like early seventies. So he put it in the newspaper. I don't know how. I guess he wrote to like an editorial I don't know if it was an editorial or a letter to the editor. I don't know. But yes, that's how he was able to do it. (laughs) How much money? Do you have any idea? I don't know. I don't know my mom tells me the story because he was married to my mom at the time. Wow. That's good.
0: See, that's not a bad strategy. (laughs) Not a bad strategy. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, for me, I read books about it. I kind of ended up coming up with my own code that made it possible for me to quit. That I often felt like I should write a book about it because... Some of the things I've said to friends who are struggling are like, I've never thought about it that way, that you can't live in the moment in your life until you get rid of this thing, for example. But for me, in one of the early books I was reading to try to get ready for this horrible process and the time that it took, I remember reading an essay that was written by a police officer, and he was writing about how dangerous his job was. And then he ended it by saying, but what I didn't realize was that the most dangerous thing I was doing was sitting in my cop car and smoking all day. Hmm. Because now I'm 60 years old and I'm dying. And that was on me. Yeah. Same with Yul Brynner, you know. My first play ever that I was in was The King and I. And, of course, Yul Brynner played the king on
1: Broadway for, what, his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was also in the movie. Yeah, he
0: was in the movie. But he also died from smoking. Yes, I knew that. Yeah, and he did an interview One of his final interviews, he just said, if I had the time, I would make a PSA as my last performance. And the PSA would say, don't smoke. Whatever you do, don't do that. Whatever other choices you make, don't do that. After he died, they ended up taking that clip of him on that show and turning it into a PSA. The American Lung Association did. So you can actually look that up and and
1: watch him say that. You know, it's funny when you were just saying that, I was thinking to myself, I think he did make a PSA because I think I heard it. Uh, He didn't because he died before he could, but they made it into one. Yeah, I didn't know that um, detail, but I I totally have heard that.
0: Yeah. And along with that, he said, you know, I absolutely would not be here talking about this
1: if I hadn't made that decision. Mm. I would still be on Broadway. Well, I got to say, Katie, after all this talk of smoking addiction, I'm not feeling so bad about my phone addiction anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. At least you're not smoking. Here's a scary thought that I read in that article though, to give you pause. Okay. I actually wrote this in a quote, the more we rely heavily on smartphones and technology, the less information we store in our long-term memory. And apparently your long-term memory is what makes you capable of shaping your thoughts and experiences. So the less you store in your long-term memory, you are less capable of shaping your
1: thoughts and experiences. Yeah, that's scary because, you know, memory is super important to me. Yeah. And especially having a father who died of Alzheimer's, memory is, you know, it's a big deal. Big
0: deal. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just using the example of in this day and age, we don't even know our friends' phone numbers anymore. And we used to know them.
1: A lot of people don't even know their own phone number anymore.
0: I can never remember Derek's phone number. And he's the person that... I would need to call in an emergency probably oh
1: uh, yeah i know claudio's and i actually have had to call him in an emergency and not had my phone
0: was the emergency that you didn't
1: have your phone no i had my bag <laughs> stolen i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i have my bag stolen with my phone my passport my wallet yeah
0: that's not good that's not good
1: anyway well that's been fun that was a fun road to go down yeah that was, that was. I'm interested to hear what people have to say about this. I have a feeling it's going to resound with lots of people.
0: Yes. I think that a lot of people, whether it be their phone or cigarettes or otherwise, are addicted to something. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear. And I'd be curious for anybody who decides to do the experiment where we all try not to pull our phones out of our bags when we have that two-minute window when we're sitting somewhere. I guess it doesn't even have to be with a friend. It could just be a two-minute window where you're sitting somewhere. hmm trying not to pull your phone out and tell us the five things you observe as a result. All right. Mission accepted. Okay. Well, until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks to Lori Lee Elliott for her help managing The Bittersweet Life on YouTube and to Sarah Johnson for her consultation. Our logo is made by Jody Rick at The Lost Laboratory with painting assistance by our muse, Caravaggio. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. That way we're here for you every week, both on Monday and now on Thursday. And if you review us on Apple Podcasts, we'll be grateful for you. Send us your topic ideas, questions, and voice memos. We're at mail.com or at the Contact Us page at thebittersweetlife.net.